What's going on, guys? This is Rob Carbone, and you're listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis than by tuning into this podcast right here, right now. Let's go. What's going on, guys? Rob Carbone coming at you with another episode of BD4. Tonight, we're going to do episode 59. Um, you know, the last time we spoke, the Knicks were in the midst of a three-game win streak, six of their last ten, and overall, they were 6-6, six and six, 500 under Mike Miller in 12 games. Since then, you know, the Knicks are, uh, they, they are now on a road trip, and they started off a little slowly on, um, what was it? Saturday, no, Friday night, and tonight they took their second loss in a row. But, you know, Friday night was the most frustrating one of all because it's probably the easiest team we are going to play um, in a while. You know, over the next couple of weeks, we have a really tough schedule. So the loss against the Suns on Friday night was one that the Knicks needed to win. Um, If there's ever a must-win game for a team that's, you know, 20-something games under 500, it was something like... uh, it was it was on Friday night. That was the game they needed to take because, you know, they played so well in that first half. Um, the Knicks were moving the ball around. You know, the usual. They were, they were clicking offensively by off-the-ball movement as well. They were active defensively and all that good stuff. But, you know, they even held the Suns to zero three-point mix in the first half. But come the second half, the Suns went off. The Knicks kind of lacked focus out of the gate there, you know, after halftime. Um... Guys just seemed to take a step back. They were kind of in cruise control, and the Suns saw it and took advantage of it. They hit Aiton a couple of times down low, but most of that game, you know, you saw Devin Booker, 38 points, Kelly Oubre, 29 points, and um, who's the Irish kid? I always forget this guy's name. Aaron Baines. It was Baines. He ended up scoring 20 points. You know, each of them were just pitching tents from outside, from the mid-range area, and chucking them, making them. The Knicks had nothing going for them on defense. They just gave them <clears throat> way too much space. Excuse me, way too much space. They could, and you know, Devin Booker was doing whatever he wanted out there. He was just roasting, and I mean, he was roasting the shit out of R.J. Barrett, which is very uncharacteristic of Barrett to kind of get out hustled. You know, it looked like he was getting out hustled. Um, but he, he not only torched Barrett, he was doing a nice job um, obliterating Peyton as well. So the Nick guards just could not stop him. So you would have thought that, you know, with Barrett not getting the job done, with Peyton not getting the job done on Booker, that maybe Mike Miller goes with Frank Nielakina more down the stretch and, you know, locks him down on Booker um, during the fourth quarter. But no, um, with 8-11 left in the fourth quarter, Frank Nielakina comes out of the game, and I'm pretty sure I didn't see him come back in. So he missed the last eight minutes of this game. And that was frustrating because that was the one thing about Mike Miller 
that game that frustrated me most. You know, I think Mike Miller's obviously done a really, really good job with this team, but that was something I thought he should have most definitely done was to include Frank Nielakina there down the stretch and have your best wing defender wing defend. <laughs> but he didn't even get time down the stretch there. And Damian Dotson got no minutes. He's another one of their best wing defenders. You need a defense. You gave up 120 points that night. Booker, Oubre, and Baines all combined for, you know, 80-something points, I want to say, just between the three of them. You got you to gotta put your defenders in there, and the Knicks didn't have enough. And Miller didn't go with Frank. He shot away from him down the stretch. I didn't like that. Um, I thought he should have played Mitchell Robinson more than 22 minutes. You know, he kind of left him out on the bench for a chunk of the first half. I knew he was in foul trouble, but I felt they could have used him towards the end of the first half. You know, he played a lot of the second half, but the longer Mitch is out there, the better it is for this team. And I thought he could have got a little more run. Um, but it wasn't just Miller. You know, Julius Randle was hot before that night, before the Suns game, but he was a little bit reckless out there on Friday night. He was inefficient from the floor, had some open shots. They just weren't falling more than anything. But it was, you know, it was the defense, man. Um, just couldn't stop the big three, I guess you could call them. And uh, the Suns took it and ran with it. You know, midway through the uh, fourth quarter, you kind of saw the uh, tide changing a little bit and the Suns, pretty much sealing the deal. Bobby Portis was the only good Nick that game. He scored 20 points, took 10 shots, missed only three of them, three of six from downtown. Um, That was good for him, I guess, get that trade value up. But yeah, overall, turnovers, missed shots, too much space on the other end, just caused the Knicks to lose another one um, and break their win streak to the Suns, which was a game, again, they needed to take because... When you have the Clippers, Lakers, Heat, Bucks, and Lakers again all coming up within the next few weeks, you want to take the games against the Suns, you know? So they couldn't do that, therefore breaking their streak, and they moved on to L.A. to play the Clippers at Staples Center tonight. And honestly, I didn't expect to win this one, right? I don't think anybody expected to win this game. I expected a blowout, to be honest with you, um... You know, 15, 20-point blowout, somewhere around that. But I just wanted to see effort. And the Knicks played much better than I thought. They did lose, but it wasn't a blowout. I mean, they they, they fought hard the entire game. And you score 132 points at Staples Center against one of the better defenses in the league. You should be at least proud of that, you know. Now, defensively, obviously, they, they didn't do as well defensively. The Knicks gave up, what was it, 140 points, maybe? Um... Yeah, they they didn't do great defensively, but they started out very hot, forty five to twenty nine after the first quarter. I think uh, Mike Breen said it was the highest Nick quarter of all time, franchise franchise high. That's pretty insane. But forty five to twenty nine, you know, you have a sixteen point lead at the end of the first quarter. Now, personally, I, I kind of I was expecting a full on regression to the mean, and we got it right away. Right away from that second quarter, the Knicks just did not have it. I think they only scored 24, and the Clippers might have scored 47 in the period. Entered halftime with a lead. The Knicks were trailing. <laughs> there it was, just like that. Clippers kind of turned on the switch, you know, because when you're a good team, you know how they were talking about the Golden State Warriors a couple of years ago where they would kind of uh, cruise through the motion a little bit 
they had that switch they could turn on because they were that good. That's kind of what the Clippers are right now, where they're they're at that point where they're a really good team. They could just turn on a switch and and decide to to kick it up when they want to. The Knicks aren't at that level, obviously, so they can't do that. But that's pretty much what the Clippers did from the first to the second quarter um, this afternoon, I guess, at Staples Center. And despite that bad second quarter, the Knicks did bounce back with the competitive second half. And the issue was that the Clippers, once again, they were now awake. They weren't sleeping anymore, so they were going to fight back as well. And it was kind of a back-and-forth battle, but a little reckless, some turnovers, some fouls. But I think the biggest thing we can all take away from this one is the missed free throws. Once again, the Knicks continued to miss free throws. 24 out of 37. That's not good. 60-something percent. Outside of R.J. Barrett, 9 of 11 from the from the stripe. And outside of Taj Gibson, who was uh, 3 of 3, the Knicks were, the other 8 Knicks were what was it? 54% from the charity stripe. So that's pretty pathetic. You gotta do better than that. That is some bad shooting. Um you know, free throws, they're gonna win you games. That's you miss 13 free throws, that's 13 points off the board. Again, the Knicks only lost by how much tonight? Three, four, five points? They, they hit, you know, even 75% of those free throws tonight, they they probably win this game. But they continue to miss free throws, which has been an issue all season long. Even Marcus Morris, he scored 38 points, had a career high, 6 of 7 from deep. Even he missed some free throws tonight. Um, but I liked what I saw from Morris. Very relentless out there. He was very strong. You know, he wouldn't, um, it felt like he couldn't miss out there towards that third and fourth quarter. So he was good um, in, a, in a little tryout against his hopefully future team if the Knicks and Clippers can eventually make a deal sometime within the, uh, the next month. That would be awesome. Get us a first rounder, but um, good little tryout for Morris, scoring a career high. R.J. Barrett bounced back after getting torched on um Friday night. He scored 24 points tonight, seven of 11 from the floor. Looked much more comfortable out there. Once again, that's the thing I love about R.J. is he's always going to look comfortable out there, even when he's struggling. He he, he has this even keelness to him. You just don't see the emotion. He looks like he's so calm, cool, calm, and collected out on that floor. And that's what he was, again, doing tonight. But tonight he ended up, again, scoring 24 points on 11 shots, getting to the uh, the rim, hitting the little mid-range jumper, step back. And, and when that jumper starts to fall consistently, he's going to be a very good scorer. He's going to be very, very good at that. Um, you get a little more consistency, consistency out of him, and he's going to be something legit. Man. I, I like this kid. I think he's going to be good for this team. Um, I like that he can score... He's very aggressive on the inside. Got that upper body strength. Kind of reminds me of Carmelo. Where, you know, he's going to get his own rebound and, and put that back up with his strength. But he's got the, the mid-range game. He's got the, the, you know, all the tools to it. And he can, when he sets his feet from the outside, he can hit a three here and there too. So I think with work, obviously, R.J. Barrett can become a very good scorer. And I loved, I loved what I saw from him tonight. Uh, the backcourt was all right. Frankie Lakina got the start because Peyton was inactive. Scored five, uh, dished out five assists in 28 minutes. Scored seven points on seven shots, but played good defense. Kadeem Allen. I always like what I see from Kadeem Allen. We don't really get to see him a lot, but when he's out on that floor, it always seems like he makes a positive impact. Tonight he had six assists in 20 minutes. Scored nine points as well. And he too was very active defensively. I always kind of 
call him the Marcus Smart of the team because he does little things like that that'll not only show up in the box score, but not always show up in the box score, but they'll definitely help this team, you know, play good when he's on the floor. Reggie Bullock continues to stay strong. Four out of five from uh, from the floor. One of one from distance. Um, our, um, Julius Randle didn't really have a good game. Second game in a row. Inefficient from the floor. A little bit reckless out there. Lazy defensively. Gotta give effort, man. That's the one thing that'll really frustrate me is when you're not even trying out there defensively. And he was a big part, a big part to that... Um, you know, to to the 140 points the Knicks allowed. Just lazy out there. The Knicks had really <laughs> struggled on screens pretty much the entire night. Um, that was messing up their rotations because of their struggling with the screen, and that's pretty much how the Clippers had so many wide-open shots at times. And I'm sure they hit some tough shots too, though. But Paul George, Lou Williams, and Harold, man, those three are the killers. I mean, they, they killed the Knicks tonight. They combined for what? They each had 30 points. I know that. I'm trying to think how many points they had overall. 98 points between the th- 98 points between just three players. That's ridiculous. And they shot 58% combined between the three of them as well. I mean, first of all, Paul George and Lou Williams, I've never seen two scorers who can do it so easy like them. I mean, they can do it just effortlessly. It looks so smooth out there in Paul George had that one shot, that one in when he got fouled, threw it behind the back. You know, he was behind the backboard, threw that shit up, and won. Lou Williams hitting shots from 35 feet, pulling up out of nowhere, going in. And obviously, Williams had that game ender with 18 seconds left. The Knicks were up three, needed a stop. Um, Randall and Bullock did not switch. Bullock stayed, and uh, Randall took uh, Williams one on one, tried to defend him, obviously couldn't. Williams used his quickness, his craftiness to finish at the rim, and that kind of put the game out of reach, put the Clippers up five with under 18 seconds to go. That was the big play of the game. But that kid can score. Um, Montrez Harrell, he just abused Mitchell Robinson. was not a good game for Mitch. Looked mismatched out there. Uh, Harrell has a nice combination of strength and athletic ability, and just this craftiness where he was able to get Mitch off his feet, which is his issue. You know, he kind of used Mitch's aggressiveness against him and got him into foul trouble earlier and just couldn't, Mitch just couldn't figure out a way to contain Harold tonight. Kind of looked just lost out there and, and didn't really, uh, he didn't look very organized out there defensively tonight, Mitchell Robinson. Harold took advantage of him. Harold did a nice job of just getting inside the paint, hitting a mid-range here and there. So the three of those guys really just did the bulk of the damage tonight, despite not having Kawhi Leonard. But yeah, that, that's pretty much that. Again, missed free throws and just some poor defense. It wasn't effort. It was more just not playing smart defensively and just the Clippers being the Clippers. That hurt the Knicks. But overall, again, you're going to take that. You'll take a loss like that when you play a team that's probably going to be in the Western Conference Finals this season, at least in my own opinion. So um, you just hope the Knicks continue to play hard under Miller, right? These last couple games, despite losing, have been very Mike Miller-esque games where the Knicks are fighting out there, they're playing smart, and they're playing within some kind of system. They're moving the ball, yada yada, off the ball movement, active defensively, disciplined, paying attention to detail, you know, all that bullshit like that they're doing things that they never did 
you know, under we know who. So um, as long as we continue to do that and play hard, um, I'll have no problem with the losses that are to come within the next couple of weeks because we all know they're about to go into some, you know, a little bit of a rough patch. Again, Lakers, Heat, Bucks, and the Lakers again all coming up within the next couple of weeks here. So it's not going to be pretty, but again, just play like you did today, man. Just stay in these games and maybe grab a couple of wins against teams like the Pelicans who we're going to be playing soon and the very few under 500 teams that we're playing during this stretch. Try to get some wins there. The Nets too, I think we play, and see what happens when you come out of it. But like I said, man, I just I'm not going to make a judgment until the end of the season. Ask me at the end of the year how the Knicks have, uh, how I think this team is, if they've taken the step in the right direction or if they've taken a step backwards or kind of remain neutral. Ask me at the end of the year. But as for now, so far so good. 14 games under Miller. I think he's done a nice job just getting this team to, again, um, establish an identity for themselves. So we'll see what happens, man. I really don't have much else to talk about tonight. Once again, Knicks lose to the Suns, Knicks lose to the Clippers. Big thing uh, during the Suns game was defense and just missing open shots. And the three-point defense pretty much killed them in that game. And, again, the big thing tonight was switching on those screens, just defending on screens and just messing up the rotation and hitting your free throws. So those, those have been the two things that really have hurt the Knicks a lot this season. And you just hope to see them continue to improve in that area and become smarter when it comes to, to playing defense and be, just execute when it comes to hitting your free throws because that's one of the things you really can't do much about. So that's all I got, guys. I'm going to end this one tonight. I'm going to bed. It's like 1.15 in the morning. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Rob Carbone signing out. BD4, episode 59. I'll see you later. Ciao.